So today, we have none other than supermodel turned super mogul, Kathy Ireland. Listen in as celebrities and amazing people share how they use their influence to change the world. Dive into their stories and discover their passion to keep living a legacy. So today, we have none other than supermodel turned super mogul, actress, author, entrepreneur, humanitarian, and my crush most of my teenage years, Kathy Ireland. Kathy, we are so excited for you to join us today. Thank you so much. You were too, too kind, but thank you. Yes. We want to talk about how you're living your legacy, but, but first we want to kind of go back a little and hear how it started and, and how things have progressed because you have done so many things. You were on 13 consecutive Sports Illustrated swimsuit editions. You've been in something like 40 movies. I've seen several of them, by the way. I've seen your comments about, you know, <laughs> I, not I being share with people dark. I'm not an actress. I have the movies to prove it. <laughs> <laughs> You've been an amazing entrepreneur. Holy cow. Talking about being an inspiration to anybody that's gone, I want to use the gifts that, that the Lord's given me today. You have exploded from using every gift that you have. And, and the world's seen that you're so much more than just your outside beauty. But your intellect, a billion a billion dollars a year in Kathy Ireland worldwide. I mean, it's it's incredible. Well, you're very kind, and thank you so, so much. And I have to say, of any month to be with you, I'm so happy to be with you in September because September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month, and it is a privilege and a huge responsibility to serve as International Youth Chair for the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. And Eric, I want to share just a, a little bit before we, we get into our conversation. I want to talk with you about this because this is so close to my heart. Every single day, 43 children will be diagnosed with cancer, and that's heartbreaking because with COVID, I mean, cancer doesn't take a break. And tragically, less than 5% of cancer research funding goes toward pediatric cancer. And so what I want to share with your listeners, with all of your guests, please, please, please visit nationalpcf.org. You can learn more. You can sign up and you can be on our Team 43. It's so fun. So the Team 43 Movement for Pediatric Cancer Awareness, you will be joining some amazing friends, uh, Billy Davis Jr. and Marilyn McCoo, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Williams, the prophet Marcus Limonis, Bethany Hamilton, so many more, and uh, Eric and Neil. I'm hoping you'll join our team. And what you do is you, you get to do 43 somethings on social media. And because kids are so much fun and creative, we encourage that. You can bake 43 cookies. You can sing 43 songs. You can do 43 fun, silly things. And then we ask if people could please give and they could give or more, just increments of 43 is what it is, no matter how big or how small it's needed and appreciated to help these warriors battle against pediatric cancer. And then one final thing I have to share about this great organization, because whether we're talking about traditional business or nonprofit business, the how is so important and the transparency of the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation 
is amazing. Charity Navigator, Charity Navigator gave them a score of 100%. So it's, it's a wonderful group and I encourage everybody to get involved. Yeah. That's such a powerful, you know, you mentioned during COVID, right? It's, it's really I tough. I mean, everybody's I hurting, but for these kids, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't take a break. And you can't so. see mom and dad because they can't go in the hospital. Right, right. It's, I can't, like, as a parent, like, I can't, I can't imagine yeah. not being able to see my kids or as a child to be able to see your parent when, wow, like, you know, I think a lot, I, I'm, I, I speak a lot about working with seniors because I lost my father due to poor care in a facility. I'm um, so sorry. And, you know, I got to, I got to stay with him the last three weeks of his life. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've really just, I have such empathy for people that are in nursing homes right now because, right. you know, they'll give up, especially if they have Alzheimer's because they've got to have that advocate and that connection to the world. But sure. But to think of, of a of a child, you know, to think of a child that no. hasn't been able to I mean, that's just devastating. So it's yeah. tough. So I'm I'm grateful for the two of you because you're yeah. reaching so many and uh you, you have such positive messages. So thank you for the great work that you're doing. Oh, you're well, thank welcome you for what stuff. you're doing. Yeah, but so now Kathy, what made you want to be part of this organization to try to help this goal? What was the big wow that said I really have to do this for kids and especially with cancer to see this that I needed to see this through and do this? Oh gosh, uh, Neil, well, I mean cancer is such a monster. Sadly, I don't think any of us don't know someone who's been impacted by this. And our pastor's precious little girl, Daisy, went to heaven. She's uh, battled cancer so bravely. And um, that impacted our family a lot. And uh, sadly, we've known um, other children who um, just valiantly battle this disease. So it's tough. They need our help. There's a lot of work to be done. And again, it's the majority of the funding doesn't go to children. So children really do need those advocates. Now, where do things like St. Jude and and hospitals how does that play into it? Because that's a, oh that's my a goodness, St. Jude does a wonderful job. We we've uh, worked with St. Jude for years, and I love their philosophy of caring for your child and not worrying about the bills. But they do a wonderful job of raising funds uh, that are so needed for children um, suffering from all kinds of illnesses. So this would be, but this is going to be a hyper focus on cancer and, and it can cover where, regardless of where they're at, right? Is that? There, and, and it's, it's an incredible uh, resource of scientists and hospitals across the country um, doing just incredible work. I mean, throughout the world. So uh, serving as the international youth ambassador, it's, it's a privilege and it's, a, it's one I take seriously because um, there, there's a lot of work to be done. Definitely. And the world needs advocates. Yeah. yeah. Once you saw that you could be that beacon to help because you saw, oh my gosh, this happened to, our, to someone close to us. That's when really the passion, just like everything you've done in business and everything you've done in your whole life, I got to do this to my best of my ability to help others. Uh, well, I, th- I think we're we're grateful, and you know the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation. I, I just love that it, they've come up with such a fun way to get everybody involved, and that I mean we we can we can give of our time, our talents, our treasure, and uh, and that forty three cent gift that adds up, and that's important. So we thank everybody for all of their generosity. Every dollar counts. Yeah, it sure does. Everyone counts, but. Kind of tell us about the beginning. How did you 
how did you first get into modeling? And then, um, you know, what were those years like? And then just kind of some of the progression there. Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> it's been, it's been a journey. So modeling was never part of the plan. Uh, a scout offered me the opportunity to go to New York for the summer. I thought, yeah. well, you know, maybe I could earn some money to pay for college or start a business, but certainly wasn't part of the plan. They advanced me the money to, to go out there for the summer. Eye-opening experience. Um, in fact, uh, I, I wrote my first fiction, just came out this year with my co-author Rachel Van Dyken. She's a New York Times best-selling author, and it's called Fashion Jungle. And while it's fiction, it's based on true stories, things that I experienced in those modeling days, and uh, it's kind of a cautionary tale. During those modeling years, I tried and failed several businesses, and the reason that the modeling lasted as long as it did is because it took me a while to, to get the business going. Started our brand in '93 with a single pair of socks. I was an aging pregnant model at my kitchen table and uh, and that that's where the brand grew. I mean it was real grassroots foundation. It took out a loan to get started. Uh, you know myself and uh, John Carrasco who would become our global creative director. He and I we loaded up the backpacks, we hit the road, presented the socks to retailers and I, I mean Eric and Neil that if you could just hear the doors slamming in our faces, it was, um, that was one of the gifts of modeling yeah. was all the rejection. And I didn't appreciate it at the time, but when somebody said no, that just meant, okay, now we're talking, I'll come back tomorrow. Maybe yeah. your circumstances will have changed or maybe you'll be in a better mood. And, mm. you know, in the early days we slept in airports to save money and oh some people think of that as a big deal. It was an adventure and in it, Whatever material thing you have to give up to live your dream, it's not a sacrifice. It's a bold investment. And that bold investment made it possible for us to sell our 100 millionth pair of socks. That was a, that was a great day. That was a, a big celebration. And we're so grateful. Our brand has grown now to include a complete line of apparel, home products, oh diamonds, uh, fintech, uh, real estate, uh, entertainment, uh, uh, it's been wonderful. I've got incredible business partners. Many of us have been together for 31 years and we have our millennial and our Gen Z team who were not born when we started, but it's really great people. <laughs> now, yeah. Kathy, thinking about, you brought up when you were modeling, you try to start businesses then and you failed. A lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that we have to fail many times till we have our success. And a lot of the most successful entrepreneurs failed many times. So what can you share for other entrepreneurs in that mindset? Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things that I learned early on is you've got to have a passion for what you're doing. Because if you don't have a passion, it's not going to get you through those tough days. When you're an entrepreneur, you do pull a lot of 24 sevens and you, you bump into some rough stuff. So if you love what you're doing, you're just going to fight right through. One of my earlier ventures was, uh, was beer. I learned how to make it and a, a friend gave me a book and I'm not a very good cook and it turned out pretty good. So I got pretty carried away with myself. I thought I'm going to put all those brewers out of business. Next batch tasted like a science project. So that was pretty humbling. I realized I, I needed some help, uh, two years, uh, financial investment, a lot of time. And I ultimately recognized that, I mean, the beer was fine, but I just didn't have a passion for it. Mm -hmm. So that went on. And another lesson I learned is 
people. I believe in people before profits and the how, how people are treated. That's of critical importance. As a child, my dad worked in labor relations. He worked with the farm workers in Cesar Chavez and how people are treated. Um, he would point out just a, a lot of atrocities that were happening as a child. We weren't allowed to eat grapes when I was a little girl. And uh, my dad was a uh, critically responsible in getting outhouses placed in the fields so people could relieve themselves with dignity. So when we started with that pair of socks, uh, the how was a surprise factory inspection. Anybody can clean up if they know you're coming, but you learn a lot when you show up unexpectedly. And that's a practice that we carry today. And we have, we've invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in our human rights contracts. And they're the toughest I'm aware of, but I'm always encouraging people, please, if you've got something better, please share it with us because we've always got to grow. We've always got to do better. Well, and people will excel when they know that they're cared about, right? And you know that you truly care and it's not just about money. They want to give their And it's a team. I mean, it, it's all, we, we work together and it's wonderful to recognize that people at every level are, um, are taking great pride in the work that they're doing. Um, the craftsmanship, the, the people who um, are driving the trucks and making it possible for the products to come to market and the, the, the multitude of jobs and so that gets us fired up. And I've got to say, since the time of COVID, our hearts, of course, are broken for everyone who is suffering through this. Um, I mean, our family's been impacted by this, as many have been. Uh, we're grateful that we've actually been able to grow during this time in an effort to work and come alongside small business. Because I really believe small business is the heart of this country. And that's what's going to get us going again. So uh, delivering tools, our company developed at Kathy Ireland Small Business Network during this time, as well as Kathy Ireland American Homes with our partner, Bill Baratelli, and uh, just great people, Baratelli properties. And these are affordable homes. We're looking at, with, with everyone we partner with, we we require them to come alongside one of our Millennium Development Goals. I worked with the UN on their youth program years ago, and those goals include everything from eradicating disease, hunger, poverty, supporting education. We've added supporting uh care and support for our military veterans and their families, and also the fight against human trafficking. Uh, I mentioned those surprise factory visits. Uh, human trafficking is the fastest growing illegal business in the world. Unlike drugs, human beings are sold over and over. And tragically, when human beings are no longer profitable in the sex slave trade, they're frequently sold into forced labor. That's why we've got to know what's going on in those factories. So our partners join um, one of these nonprofits and it, we don't require a monetary amount. It could be volunteer days. And that assures us that's what gets us excited, gets us out of bed in the morning because we recognize that as a brand, even though we're going into our 28th year, we're a baby brand. We're just getting started. There's so much to do. And in success, these uh, initiatives are being accomplished. And um, as I mentioned, you know, KI American Homes, uh, this is a, a, a wonderful way to bring affordable housing to people in need throughout our country. That's great. And yeah. Kathy, when you talk about partnering with other businesses, when did you learn that process to say, okay, I can use my brand name, Kathy Ireland, and then how do you 
figure that out and say, these are good organizations. It sounds like you've told me in a way, but that the mindset, that process to decipher between what's the right move and wrong move, kind of explain that to us. Well, it, it starts with the hows. It's the getting to know you process. And we encourage potential partners to kick the tires with us, ask the tough questions, hope for the best, plan for the worst. And just, we're very transparent. What you see is what you get. And we always, we kind of expect that other people are too. Uh, it's really about the people. And then something that many people say is counterintuitive, yet it works for us. And that's consider others as more important than yourself. Mm -hmm. So when we're contemplating a potential relationship, the question that our team has is, what can we do for you? What? How would partnering with us help you to scale? How would it help your business to grow? And of course, our, our company needs to grow as well. We're not a nonprofit, um, although sometimes our team members accuse, uh, accuse <laughs> of <laughs> being that. Um, but no, we recognize that um, we are a for-profit business. We're a private company and it is our success and our growth that allows us to do the things that are most meaningful to us. But it's really, it's that that getting to know you process. And once we have um, this, every I is, is dotted, every T is crossed, we put contracts away, we, we treat each other as family. And we have partners that we've been with for decades and it truly is family. And it it makes it fun. I just, I think life is too short to not work with really great people. Yeah. So question for you, how, when did you realize that you wanted to be an entrepreneur and was there someone that encouraged you or, or mentored you early on that just gave you that desire? Well, I, I was kind of that pesky neighborhood kid that would go around door to door with my red wagon as a four-year-old <laughs> selling painted rocks. <laughs> and um, I, I remember one of my neighbors told me, he said, said, you're an entrepreneur. And I had no idea what that meant. Yeah, don't insult me. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, it just, it just always worked. My mom was uh, an amazing entrepreneur. She worked as a babysitter, an Avon lady. She started a house cleaning business and she, she used to make these halter gowns in the 70s at, to sell at beach fairs. And I would make jewelry to go along with it and we'd sell them together. And she uh, eventually went back to school to become a nurse. But I, I just watched... Um, Watched my mom using her gifts and her passions and pivoting, uh, just doing different things as different opportunities came up. And I just was so amazed, like, wow, she could do anything. And and I love that. That gave me a lot of confidence, too, as, as a model, because um, I recognized that I could do anything for a living. I didn't have to compromise my beliefs, my values or a job. I could do something else if that didn't work out. That's really interesting because you learning that from your mom built, gave you that confidence. How important is that in families to build people up at that time, especially at those ages, so that they can be able to overcome if there are challenges? I, I feel so grateful. You know, great mom and dad, really very, very grateful. I've had some some great mentors in my life as I moved into business. I mean, Elizabeth Taylor, what a what a privilege to get to work with Elizabeth and Elizabeth became family and just to learn from her genius, uh, business design, philanthropy, laser focus, so many lessons that yeah. uh, we continue to learn. Uh, Warren Buffett, 
who uh, just turned 90 years young. <laughs> um, what uh, what an incredible leader. I met Mr. Buffett through Irv Blumpkin of the Nebraska Furniture Mart, our very first partner uh, in retail in the home industry, who took a chance on us when others were kind of mocking and laughing. And this is at yeah. a time when people who were known for other things didn't have brands of furniture. And Such so, a humble, wonderful man, Irv. Just, yeah. just amazing guy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So talk to us about the importance of having mentors and counsel and picking the right business partner, the impact that that has. It's huge. It's, um, I mean, the, the wrong partner, it can, can be devastating to your brand. And we've been, we've been hurt. There's been times when people haven't been transparent or they haven't, you know, we just kind of assume people say what they mean and mean what they say and not always the case. Uh, we're, we're usually good at identifying that, but sometimes, um, you know, we're just not. So a lot of lessons, but that mentorship is, is so important. And I think it's, it's available to all of us. I mean, we can read about people and I, I, something I encourage our children is to be alert, pay attention, never put a mentor on a pedestal. We're all failed humans. We all make mistakes. And I tell our children, I said, look, even with your dad and me. There's hopefully some qualities in us that that you might like, you might want to emulate. Unfortunately, there's some funky behavior in us that we might not even be aware of. Reject that. You've got to be alert so that you can make a conscious decision to reject the negative and embrace the positive. And um, just never, you know, you can learn from your mentors, but learn from their mistakes too. And don't repeat those. Identifying that, that's got to be a challenge. If you're working with a mentor to identify, especially when you look up to that person saying, well, I want to be that person. Then looking at what qualities to check off that, yeah, I really want these, but mm, I don't know about this. That's got to be hard. Right, right. No, most definitely. So I think, um, you know, we've uh, we've been very fortunate to work with um, some great people. I mentioned Irv Lumpkin and the Nebraska Furniture Mart, uh, Intimate Apparel and Socks and Children's Books, our uh, resorts and estates, Pacific Coast Lighting. We've been with them for decades. And their leader, Clark Glenstone, he just won a big award. Uh, Really grateful for that. Ireland Pay is another uh, wonderful uh, segment of our business and just great people and um, with wonderful give back programs. Fantastic. So just listening to you today, you know, I I can tell that that you're a person of of faith. How does your faith and relationship with God influence business and, and working with people and just decisions that you make? That well, I've got to say with, without um, my faith in Jesus, I would, I would not be here today. <laughs> I would tell you that. Um, I'm so grateful for that relationship. And um, our team is a, it's a wonderfully inclusive group of people of all different backgrounds. I don't um, impose my faith on anyone. I'll share it with anyone. I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, sometimes it's tricky when, because we, we sell things and there's something that's, that I see a lot of and, and it's, it's concerning and prosperity gospel. Right. And it's, I just see it as, as a lie from the enemy that if you pray hard enough or you give enough money, spend enough um, money here or there that you're going to be blessed. And that's just not, um, I, I, I just read what the Bible has to say. And mine doesn't say that it says in this world, you will have you trouble, will have but trouble. take heart. I've overcome the world. So that's right. That's great. But that my first meeting of the day is with the Lord. My last meeting of the day is with the Lord. 
And uh, I'm so grateful because I'm a very slow learner, lots of mistakes. I'm grateful for his grace and uh, patience with me. And that helps me to see others through his eyes. And um, I'm just for, forever grateful. When, when I was um, modeling, I was 18 years old and my mom had recently become a Christian. And without telling me, she stuck a Bible in my suitcase. <laughs> so one night... Uh, just I was alone. It was a kind of difficult time in my life, jet lag and loneliness. And I, I opened up to the book of Matthew. And as I began reading, I knew that what I had in my hands was the truth. And I just said, okay, I want to follow him. And um, yeah, so that he became my Lord and Savior, my best friend. Something I regret is that I'm such a slow learner. The very thing that led me to him, I ended up neglecting for so many years. And I just believed the lie that I I didn't need it, or maybe that was a, a typo, or maybe it was mixed in translation. And uh, it, it really wasn't until many, many years later that I finally just read <laughs> the entire scripture from Genesis to Revelation. And yeah bittersweet because I saw wh- where I was uh, where I was off and so sweet and grateful for um, just for God's grace and forgiveness that's that's well, thank you. That's so right. how do you help someone see their worth it that you are it's not name it and claim it it's this is a gift that I have you know my, as my wife described it it's like you having a PhD but still working at minimum wage because you don't think that you're worth what you're actually worth just single moms or single dads out there that are struggling with man I, I'm having to work three jobs and I've given up on that dream because I just don't think I'm working. Right, no, and that I, absolutely is a lie. And um, I believe God doesn't make mistakes no. and he values and loves every one of us. And mm-hmm. it's so important to know that. I mean, look at look at Moses. He was out in the wilderness b- being a shepherd and God called him to go speak to Pharaoh. He's like, but I have a speech impediment. I mean, he didn't right. feel equipped. He didn't no. feel like he was yes. all that, but God can use anyone it's um it's not a and that's the whole thing it's um in our weakness he has made great so it's it's really not about us and i think it's taking our eyes off ourselves and putting putting our eyes on the lord keeping our eyes on him because he's the same yesterday today and forever he doesn't change he doesn't sleep and he made each and every one so if we start if we're negative on ourselves um I, you know, what does that say about our creator? So um, I think we just need to, to rearrange our priorities. Uh, when our kids were, were younger, I used to, there was just no time um, for <laughs> just all the help that I needed. And so I would write J-O-Y with a Sharpie and I'd just stick it on the refrigerator, on my mirror, in my bathroom, uh, on the windows. And Jesus, others, you. And so if those, if I wasn't feeling the joy, I was pretty sure that my priorities were not in order. So got to just, as, as long as we keep those priorities in order, it, things go pretty well. No matter what difficulties we're facing, we get through it because he doesn't leave us. So, Kathy, when you talk about how important you just said joy and not Jesus, others, you, how as an entrepreneur, as busy as you are, serial entrepreneur, do you find time for family? How do you balance that? Or if it's not balanced, it's family first, then business, especially with all the things you have going on. It just has to be that way because if, if I don't have those priorities, my faith and then my family, then the business, I'm a disaster and it doesn't work. When I was 44 years old, I was at a woman's conference. I had every excuse 
excuse in the world not to go. And it was there that my heart was convicted. And I just felt the Lord press upon my heart and say, you say that I'm your first priority, but I'm not. And our children were young. I was being pulled in every direction. Business was busy. And I just, in my heart, I was just saying, but Lord, you know, I I was so and I, I was making our children idols and, and our children, it's good to, to love our kids and, and want to be with them. But I was, they were coming before God. And in my heart, I was thinking someday my life will be calmer and I will give you the time, but you know, God, we're good. You know, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I love you. And what I felt the impress upon my heart was put me first and I will give you more time with your children. I'll give you better time. And it started by setting my alarm clock 15 minutes early, praying and reading. And soon it became an hour and more. And it soon it became something that I just, it's my favorite time of the day. And when I miss it, it's pretty obvious because I'm usually saying something I regret <laughs> before <laughs> seven o'clock in the morning. So it's uh, it, it's just, it's a really good way to have perspective and get us through, through each day. So final question, when you, when you look at, when you look at life, right, you know, supermodel to super mogul and, and author and entrepreneur and humanitarian and wife and mom, um, what do you want to be remembered for? What do you want to be your legacy? Uh, there's a song, I think, I think it's by Casting Crowns and it says, I don't want to leave a legacy. I don't care if they remember me, only Jesus. So I hope my life points to him. Doesn't get any better than that. And uh, Kathy, where can we connect with you? Best place to go for everything. And then also mention again what's happening in September for people tuning in so they can be part of this. Great. Thank you so much. Um, I mean, people can visit me, kathyireland.com. Also on uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, love to connect with people. And September is National Childhood Cancer Awareness Month. And um, the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation, National Pediatric. It, we'd love for you to visit the National Pediatric Cancer Foundation to sign up for Team 43. And that's nationalpcf.org. And you can learn more and uh, join our Team 43. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another amazing episode of Living a Legacy. Legacy.